right. Good morning. Good morning. Um, as we begin today, um, this message is a little bit different um, in the sense that I've wrestled um, with this sermon in maybe a unique way that I haven't. Um, with it's been a while, a long while um, since I've had to wrestle with a message like this, and um, I. I can't tell you the stuff I've tried to type or the number of times I've even just gotten a piece of paper out and just started writing. And um, Charles Spurgeon, the great prince of preachers, once said it's hard to fathom the number of times he had tried to write out a sermon and just wadded them up and cast them into the the lake of oblivion, so to speak. And um, it seemed like that's what's just continually happened uh, with this message of just it never could come to a place of peace. And and yet at the same time, I realized the weight of this moment, that um, this moment is a moment in which you and I stand at any any point ready to enter into eternity. I realize that preaching the gospel is for what Paul says, that we are to give an account for this moment and for what I will say here, my words and the preparation of my heart. And as the gospel writer or the writers of the New Testament remind us, study to show yourself approved. So uh, about two hours ago, I was just just praying, crying out to the Lord. Um, I'd been wrestling. I had had a couple of conversations today. Uh, one was with one of our deacons, Kyle Milby, just a few hours ago. Called and we were talking about a, a ministry that we're trying to get rolling here. And he asked how I was doing. I just said, "Man, I just want you to know I'm struggling." And it was just beautiful um, for him to come back. And it wasn't like, "Dude, you got to preach in a few hours." Um, I expect more out of my preacher than that. It was just a moment of grace. And then he said, brother, can I pray for you? And he just began to pour out his heart. And, and a little bit later after that, I went in and knocked on the door. Brother Todd was there. And we were just talking for a few moments. And he said I was struggling. And he reminded me as, as, of the words of First Thessalonians 5, where it says that the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. And he spent a few moments just praying over me. And uh, I just share that just to remind us of how important our words of encouragement are, how important it is just to be faithful to pray for people in the midst of moments. Um, a lot of times I don't, think, I don't think we have any idea how much God uses that. And so, nonetheless, um, a couple hours ago, I was just there and I'm just broken. Um, just thinking, Lord, what am I going to preach? And as I cried out, I was like, Lord, what am I supposed to do? Uh, inside my, there's just this inner witness of the Spirit, just a statement, the Lord back to me. Two words, trust me. And as those words came to me, it was it was a surreal moment in the sense that I, I remember a man that was in the midst of a great battle with cancer and, and facing a dark valley, and he was facing the reality that death was coming unless the Lord intervened. And he shared with, with me and with us, he said that as he walked that time, he just the Lord just challenged him with really just two words. Trust me. And so a few hours ago, as I heard those words, I was reminded of our brothers, C.W. And as I stood there, as we sang the opening song, I wasn't aware of the opening song. We just sang about trusting the Lord. And it was just in my the moment, I just I realized the reminder of, of Abel in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4, that says, that through faith, even though he is dead, he still speaks. And it was just that reminder of even though C.W. is gone, the reality, his faith, that trust me faith still speaks. 
So today, I, this message, listen, I don't, I don't have it crafted and written out. And if you know me, I, I, I like to have a script. I like to be faithful as I can to show myself studied and approved and ready. And yet today it looks different. There's no screen beside me. There's no iPad here to show you on the screen. So this just, it's a little bit different. And I, I'll be honest with you, I'm wrestling with it even this moment. And even now as I'm preaching to you, I just keep sensing and hearing that inner witness. Trust me. And I think we see that statement, those two words, all throughout the biblical landscape from Genesis to Revelation. I mean, we hear it, right, don't we, in Genesis chapter 6 with a man by the name of Noah who is building this ark. It's just a man that's having to trust me. Don't we see it in Genesis chapter 12 and then reiterate again in Genesis 15 that this man by the name of Abe who will become Abraham that he's going to be this father of many nations and though he has no children, and yet we hear this reminder to this man, trust me. It's fact, in fact, Hebrews 11, the New Testament, picks up on that story, and it says that Abraham left the land where he was not knowing where he was going. He just had this continuing reminder, trust me. You see... The reality is, I'm guessing there's probably some of you that God's calling you to do something that makes absolutely no sense right now. Maybe it's not like building an ark, but it's, it's that type of calling that God's urging you toward. And you just need to remind today, trust me, some of you, God's calling you to go and you don't even necessarily know where you're going. But what you do know is enough. And that is that God is calling you and you are to trust him. I mean, don't we see the story again later on in Genesis as we come to the man by the name of Joseph and, and he's just wrestling, right? I mean, we see him sold into slavery, forgotten by his brothers, and then he, he's, he's forgotten and left in prison. And then, I mean, he just faces just trial after trial and all this. And yet we just continually hear throughout his story in the midst of hardship and of being abandoned and forgotten and seemingly forsaken. Two words just keep reiterating themselves seemingly. Trust me. I mean, we come then to Exodus and we, we find there in Exodus chapter 3 this man by the name of Moses and he encounters this bush and this God who speaks to him and who says, I am who I am. And Moses is like, listen, I can't go and tell Pharaoh that. I can't even speak. And he's like, listen, Moses, brother, you just need to trust me. I mean, we see it with his successor, the man Joshua, right? I mean, Moses, this great Moses who's, who's done so many things, right? I mean, he's now stepping off the scene and, and now here's, right, Joshua, right? To experience this time of leading the people into the promised land. And what does Joshua chapter 1 open with? Those continual reminders, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. There's a reminder to Joshua. As you go to lead these people into a land that you have not yet seen and experienced, who there are giants and all that else that is there, trust me. I mean, then we come to places like, right, with, with men like Elijah. I mean, just these prophets, right, that are just moments in which he encounters, right? I mean, the prophets of Baal there in like 1 Kings 18 and and. and there's a moment in which he brings these sacrifices and we got to wonder, like, is God going to show up? And yet what we see reiterated again in the people of God is just this reminder. Trust me. Trust me. 
I mean, I think about it in other places. I mean, throughout the Scriptures, again, I mean, in Judges, the book of Judges, right? I mean, Judges chapter 6, we see that God comes and speaks to this man by the name of Gideon. And Gideon says to the Lord, Lord, I am the least. My clan is the least of all in Manasseh, and I'm the least of my family. And God says to him back, I can't remember the exact verse there in Judges 6, about maybe verse 14 or so, somewhere in there. He says to him, but the Lord, I will be with you. He says to Gideon, trust me. What about you? I mean, God may be calling you again to do something and you feel like you're the least qualified person. I mean, the least like, I mean, surely somebody else would be more fitting to do this in the church. Surely somebody else in my family would be better to do this. Surely there'd be another neighbor. Surely somebody else has more resources. Surely somebody else has more education. Surely somebody else is just better equipped to do what God's calling me to do. Maybe today you need to be reminded. Trust me. Well, stories continue, right? I mean, we then come to a book by the name of Ruth, and, and Ruth is there, and this, this lady named Naomi, and she has a husband who dies, and she has two sons who die, and, and now she's going to leave there and head back to Bethlehem, right, to the house of bread. And, and as she's going back, guess what? Her daughter-in-law, Ruth, comes and follows and goes with her, not knowing what's going to look like there, but yet God uses that to raise up Boaz, and Boaz, right, has Obed, and Obed has, has Jesse, and Jesse will have King David, who ultimately... From that line will come Jesus. And might we hear in the midst of Ruth's story when it seems impossible and there seems no hope, there's a God who whispers, trust me. I think about with Samuel. In 1 Kings chapter 16, I mean, Samuel comes and he's looking for the new king because God is no longer, right, Saul is messed up and Saul's now being pushed out as, as, as judgment has come on him. And Samuel goes and he meets Jesse's boys, right? We just told that story of Ruth and he meets Jesse's boys and, and he looks and he surely thinks it's got to be this one and that one. And 1 Kings chapter 16 simply records for us that God responds to Samuel saying, listen, God doesn't look at what man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. So Samuel has to ask Jesse, do you have any other sons? And he's like, well, I got my little last one, right? My runt, so to speak, the last of the litter. But when Samuel meets him, God says, anoint him. He's the king. Samuel has to take him. Samuel just trust me, Samuel. Me, Samuel. I mean, even then, I mean, the story of David's not finished there. I mean, because then we come into 2 Samuel chapter 12. And we're, we hear the story of a, a prophet by the name of Nathan. At this point, David's now committed adultery and he's had a man killed and he's done a lot of heinous things and he's seemingly covered up. And Nathan, the prophet, has to walk into the presence of the king and say this, you are the man. I mean, we might hear in the midst of that that Nathan had to be reminded, Nathan... Trust me. You see, my guess is that some of you are going to have to speak some hard words, speak some truth to some people. You're going to have to stop shying back on the truth of this gospel and this word, and you are terrified because of your family or what they might think at work or what they're going to say about you in the community, right? I mean, because there's something that's just happened. Maybe there's a transformation in the midst of this, this time away, this being still. As Brother Todd read 48 and 10 there of Psalm, be still and know that I'm God. There's been a work of God in you, and you realize that you've got to go back, and you need to share, and you are worried, and 
and afraid. Maybe the story of Nathan will remind you and I that there's always been faithful brothers and sisters who have just abided by two words. Trust me. But the stories don't finish there. I mean, again, we think about Elijah coming to that widow there at Nain. And, and guess what? She has no, no food. She's about to die, her and her son. And she's going back to make their last meal. This is it. There's no more food. The famine's severe. And Elijah says to her, go listen. What I want you to do is, is go and just make me that cake of bread. And then that lady goes and does that. And then the wheat and, and, and all the things begin. The flour begins to pour out, right? God, it just doesn't run empty. The oil keeps running. And filling, might we hear to some of you in the midst of some hard circumstances right now, you don't know where resources are going to come from. You're not sure, like, if you just keep trying to honor the Lord and what He's called you to do, like, you're just not even sure, like, where, where it's going to come from next. Like, how are you going to pay that next bill? You're not even sure right now. You're wrestling and struggling. But might that story and the story throughout Scripture of God's people remind you of two words? Trust me. I mean, the stories just again, they don't finish there. I mean, there's a story of the, the book of Nehemiah. This, this man by the name of Nehemiah, he's the cupbearer for the king. And, and he got, hears about the truth of Jerusalem and it's been destroyed and its walls are torn down. And he goes into the presence of the king sad. And the king asks him, Nehemiah, why are you sad, bro? Why is your face downcast? Like, listen, doing that in the presence of the king can get you shish kebab out. And he begins to share the story of what has happened because there is a man by the name of Nehemiah who trusted in an invisible king in the presence of a physical king. Some of you are are facing, again, great challenges maybe to your faith or moments of hardship. Might you be reminded of the story of scriptures over and over again of people who just trust me? I mean, it doesn't finish with Nehemiah, does it? I mean, we think about Esther, right? I mean, she similarly has to go into the presence of of the king who's her husband. But if you come uninvited in the presence of the king and you don't have an invitation, you can be killed. And she says, listen, if I go, he says, listen, she says, if I perish, I perish. But there was a call by the Most High God and an urging for her to respond. And there was a lady by the power of God who followed, trust me. And who knows, right? Maybe you, like Esther, are in this season and that point in life for such a time as this. I wonder today, will you, will you just trust Him? Will you have faith? Will you not give up? Will you not grow weary? Will you not be afraid? Like, will you just trust Him? Even if it doesn't make sense, even if it may prove very costly to you, would you, in the midst of this, just trust Him? Just hope in Him. But again, I mean, the stories just, they just don't finish there. I mean, think about the book of Job, right? I mean, Job faces maybe the greatest, some of the greatest heartache of anyone in all of Scripture. Lose all of your children in one day? All of, all of his, 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 his possessions. And there's a man in the midst of that who says, Naked from my womb I came, and naked I shall return. For the Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. There was a man in the midst of such heartache who trusted him. Some of you, you, you again, you 
heartache right now. Maybe it's in this season you've lost someone you love or maybe it's someone you love and care about and you can't go see them because there's restrictions on visitation or you're just in the midst of facing some really, really hard things and you just can't understand why it's all playing out like it is and just like Job, you can't see everything full picture and you don't know but I might just urge you so softly, so tenderly, compassionately in the midst of such hardship could I just please today from the biblical witness of our forefathers and four sisters who have gone before us, would you just trust Him? I think about prophet Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, who's going to preach about a suffering servant who will save and rescue his people. The prophet Isaiah and then the prophet Jeremiah, right? Jeremiah is this young prophet who who says, Lord, I don't even know how to even speak. I'm just a youth. And he says, listen, I'm calling you to go, Jeremiah. Just trust me. And I couple those together. Why? Because in Hebrews chapter 11, it's maybe about verse 36, 37. We read that some of the people of faith were stoned to death and sawed in two. And historians believe that it was Jeremiah who was stoned to death and Isaiah who was sawed in two. And might we see from their testimony just this continual reminder? Trust me. But, I mean, it doesn't end with just Isaiah and Jeremiah. I mean, I think about Ezekiel, right? I mean, walk with us into Ezekiel chapter 37, and you have this vision of this valley of dry bones. It's the house of Israel. I mean, there there seems to be no hope for any rescue for them. It seems like there's all hope is diminished. There's no chance that it'll turn around. And yet it's to that vision, it's to those dry bones that God tells Ezekiel, prophesy, son of man. And Ezekiel does. I mean, in the midst of that, don't we have to say Ezekiel's just trust me? I mean, think about it with even there as you flip the page just a little bit more and you come to the book of Daniel. And you find Daniel there and those other, right, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You find those guys there, right, in the midst of Babylon, taken away from their homeland. And what do you find in Daniel chapter 1? You find Daniel and the brothers who are faithful to fast even when it seems that they shouldn't, even when it may seem unwise to do so, to fast when it may not make any sense to you, Daniel and those guys simply trust me. Some of you, again, God's calling you to a season or a time of fasting, a time of prayer, a time of drawing away. And I want you to know it may not be easy. The pot roast may be smelling good. The homemade bread, the sweet sourdough may be coming out of the oven. The fresh pineapple may be being sliced. And you may not know, God, why am I fasting? Because you need to know and you need to remind your inner soul that there's a God worth trusting who will speak in His time. So hold fast, brother. Oh, fast, sister. But stories like that, again, just aren't immune or just there in the Old Testament. We could flip forward in the New Testament and find people that are struggling and hearing that statement. Just trust me. Jesus in Mark chapter nine comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration and, and he's there and it's there with that man. His son is demon possessed and he often convulses and throws himself into the fire. The son did right because he's possessed by these demons. And he says to the Lord in Mark nine. But if you were able, would you do something? Would you help him? And Jesus responds back to him. If you are able, all things are possible to those who believe. And the man responds, 
I do believe, Lord. Help me overcome my unbelief. Jesus offers the invitation to that man. Trust me. I mean, we think about it in Luke chapter 1, right? When the angel comes to Mary and she's there and, and he says, listen, I want you to know that you're going to have a child. And he'll be the son of the most high God and the spirit of God will come upon him, right? And he will save his people from their sins. And she says, well, Lord, how, how can this be? He says, I'm a virgin. He says, I want you to know that's the power of the spirit coming upon you. Mary, trust me. I think about it further in, in the Gospel of Luke and in places like Luke chapter 19 when we see a, a little man, a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree and he's there and he's just wanting to see the Lord. He's a chief tax collector. He's rich. He's hated by the people. He's a betrayer of his people. He's, he's like a confidant of Rome. He's an outsider. There's no chance for a guy like this. And yet it's at that sycamore tree the Lord looks up and says, Zacchaeus, come down. Zacchaeus, trust me. It's Luke 19 and verse 10 that we hear Jesus say, For salvation has come to this house, for this man too is a son of Abraham. He's the child of the king. Why? Because I want you to know some of you feel like the outcast of outcasts. You can never be forgiven. You can never come out of that tree you're in. I want to beckon you today in response to the blessed hope of the gospel. Trust him. Trust Him. I mean, the stories continue. They don't end there. I mean, we think about it in Luke chapter 21. And Jesus is there with the disciples. And they're looking out. And, and they're looking to the temple. And this widow comes in. And, and she listens. She throws in to the offering just a couple pennies. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. That widow has put in more than all the rest. Because they gave out of their wealth. But she, she out of her poverty gave all she had to live on. Jesus says this woman is an example of faith to us all. Why? Because she trusts me. I mean, we could show up in John chapter 20, couldn't we, with, with Thomas following the resurrection. And Thomas says, well, Lord, I, listen, I'm not going to believe unless I see the nail marks on his hands, right? I'm not going to believe unless I see the this place where his side was pierced. Show me that. And Jesus says, listen, Thomas, come put your hands where the nails were. Thomas, come look and see. And then he says that statement to him in John chapter 20, verse 27. Stop doubting and just believe. Thomas. Trust me. Some of you, again, you, you just, you're doubting. You're wrestling with faith. Some of you are wrestling with faith in the Son of God. You're struggling. Right? You, you're, just, you're just dealing with doubts and uncertainties. And, and you're just wondering all that. And you're just saying, I, I need this. I just want to compel you to come and seek First, the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Right? If you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, that door will be open to you. If you will seek, beloved, if you will just repent and believe upon this gospel, I want you to know there is a God who is worth trusting. There is a good Father who sent His Son for you in the midst of your sin to save and rescue you from sin. This God, this is the one that we are preaching about. This is the God whom all of these people we've been talking about have been trusting Him. He is worthy of our trust. Believer to you, are you trusting? Are you believing? Are you hoping? Listen, I know some of you again, you're in the midst of hardships. You're in the midst of 2 Corinthians 12. Paul 
is there and that thorn in the flesh. And he says, I pleaded with the Lord three times to take it away from me. And yet God comes back to him. Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Paul, in the midst of something you wish would go away, a diagnosis maybe that you wish you could end, a relationship that just doesn't seem to get better, finances that haven't straightened out, job, an economy that you have no idea about right now. You're just terrified of like where this leans, right? Where does this go for you? Might you hear? Paul, trust me. My grace is sufficient. Might you hear right now in your living room or wherever this finds you? Trust me. My grace is sufficient. I mean, I could go on and just thinking about so many other different examples throughout the scripture, but maybe one that's surprising. It's in Revelation chapter 6. And in Revelation chapter 6, John has this vision of souls under the altar who have been beheaded because of the gospel. And, and they make this statement. They cry out to God and they say, O sovereign Lord, faithful and true, how long until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? It says they are given white robes and told to wait a little while longer until the full number of their brothers and sisters who are to be killed just as they are has come in. And what's amazing about this is, this is, again, this is the vision we have of what's taking place in heaven. And what are they being told there, even in the midst of heaven? They're told to wait a little while longer. What are they being told? Trust me. Beloved, the story of faith of all of our brothers and sisters who have gone before us is one of trust me. So in the midst right now of your diagnosis, or whatever you're facing, I, I ever so softly, tenderly, again, I want to say to you, trust me. To those who are in the midst of COVID-19 and you don't know where this leads, whether it's economically or for you health-wise or what might happen or might you catch this or what might take place, I, I just want to compel you, for, you as a believer now. I want to compel you to hear and see the example of the, of the followers who have gone before us. And might you today, I might just urge you and compel you to look to the living God and, and trust me. To those of you in the midst of, again, an economy that you're just unsure of and, and businesses and finances and what this looks like and unemployment and just your insurance and just on and on, like all these questions that you just can't seem to answer. and You don't know where the answer is even going to come from. Mike, today you just see from the biblical example just that statement today that you would just land your faith as the waves of uncertainty and doubt crash over your life. Might that solid rock upon which you stand, might it just urge you in this hour, trust me. For those of you, lastly, who are, as Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, without God and without hope in the world, because you are apart from Christ. Beloved, I want to be straight with you. There's a holy and a perfect God who created a perfect world. And sin entered that world. 
And since that point, this world has been under a curse. We've been born with a sin nature. We are at odds with one another, and we are ultimately at odds with God. We have not been able to rescue ourselves. We have not been able to for, re, reform our lives well enough, clean up our act well enough, so to speak, to make our way up that mountain back to Him. But I want you to know there is good news. There's a God who came down the mountain to rescue you, who died on the cursed cross, taking your sin and your shame. And He was died. Listen, beloved. And they put Him in the tomb, but He didn't stay there on the third day. By the power of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was raised up from the dead victorious over sin, victorious over death. Victory was His. And I want you to know that He will return one day to set up a new kingdom. Today, I compel you in light of the Word of God. Might you hear the Lord saying to you as you consider the offering of His Son for your sins. Trust me. Stop doubting and believe. I pray today that you and I will hear again those words as a reminder of Hebrews chapter 11 that through faith, though dead, he still speaks. I still hear C.W. saying, Blake, death is but a step away for all of us. Can we do anything else other than trust Him? Two hours before I preached this message, struggling to know what to do, I said, Lord, what will I do? And the response came back, trust me. Right now, in the midst of whatever season you're in and wherever maybe the God's calling you to go or what He's calling you to do, might you just hear, trust me. I pray you will. I pray you will have faith and you will trust in Him. Would you pray with me? Father, I pray now, God, that they will trust You. I I do not know what they face or what comes against them or how weary they may be or how uncertain they may be or how much doubt may be creeping in, how weak they may be. Father, I know that so many things like those symptoms, define me. And yet, Lord, I know that in the midst of that, you call us to trust you. So, Lord, I pray right now that you would increase the faith of your people. Father, I pray that their faith would be strengthened. I pray, God, hearing the words of Christ to Peter, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, Strengthen the brothers. Father, I pray now that the people, your people, their faith will not fail. Father, I pray that in this dark hour, for such a time as this, that they will trust you. God, I pray for a great urgency, a deep abiding conviction of a faith that trusts you, that even like Abraham, even though we don't know where we're going, we know the God we're following and we are trusting in Him. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen our faith like never before. Father, I pray for faith in the heart of those who have yet to believe upon your Son. God, that they would put their faith and trust in Him. God, I pray it would happen, Lord. Through my feeble lips, just as so many of these other brothers that I have mentioned this morning, 
God, the reality is so many of them were feeble. They struggled to trust in themselves. How could they be used? And yet you use them. So, Lord, I know there is hope for me. Father, in this day, in this hour, would you save? Would you set free? Would you, God, draw? And you said those who come to you, you will by no means cast out. Today, would they trust you? I pray it for the glory of Jesus. His name I pray, Lord. Amen.